0: hello hello okay that's perfect so that's a really good start <laughs> great um yeah so thank you very much for uh, for chatting to start with um it should be it should be really interesting i'm looking forward to it i think it's something that uh that has a potential to help a lot of people as well you know because the whole um the whole uh, elite athlete mental health kind of thing isn't spoken about a lot and the kind of dangers of it aren't really discussed so i think it could be quite useful hopefully
1: yeah definitely i agree I think a lot more awareness needs to be raised for um, everything surrounding mental health, whether it's eating issues or depression or anxiety or perfectionism in elite sport,
0: Mm.
1: I think really does need to be discussed openly.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I think it's, it's really important, especially now more people are, are training probably than ever. More people are into fitness. It, it can definitely become a bit of an obsession um, for sure. So yeah, it'll be good to, to understand a little bit more and hopefully help some, help some people out in terms of kind of who this goes out to. So um, it's mainly really, I've done probably two of these before and spoken to weightlifters um, about like competing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this will just go out on the Vertus um, podcast. It'll probably go to mainly the people that are on the Instagram page, etc. Um, they're normally our our listeners. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it should be good. So, uh, firstly, I um, just want to kind of start off really by talking about like the your sporting history. So, could you give us a little rundown? I know you're an athlete, but maybe like kind of your event, um, some PBs, like how long you did it for, when you started it, etc., all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Basically, I started training as um, a schoolgirl. I'm now thirty-six, so twenty, probably about twenty-four years ago.
0: Yeah,
1: I um and purely, I never looked at competing. Basically, I did a school's cross country mainly to get out of lessons, and I ended up <laughs> coming second. And the person that came first, um, her dad was a coach at the um. At, um athletics club. Yeah. So, um, so it was keen, like, oh, are you guys, it, it was quite close, fought battle at the end, and um, and he kind of took me under his wing and was like, right, come and join it. And I didn't really know much about anything other than I loved running, mm-hmm. and I then kind of fell into it. And I was naturally, luckily, naturally talented. And I went on to I started off doing kind of 800 meters. Yeah. And then um, I my main event became the 1500 meters, okay. and in the space of a year. I knocked, I, well, my, my first ever 1500 was 5.56. Right. And in the space of a year, I went from, like, being a non-runner, really, to representing England and running for 39. Wow. At, um, yeah, in a, in a, like, schools international and getting a bronze medal for my troubles and also running with Mo Farah. He was on I'm the same age as him, and he was uh, our team captain for England. All right. So, I, yeah, it was kind of quite fast-tracked, but it was just because I've never trained before and I have natural talent. And um, at the time, I just ran for the love of it. Mm. And I didn't really have that competitive edge. Yeah. But when you, when you become successful, other people tend to influence your your behaviours and put more pressure on you. And then all of a sudden, you become um, a lot more conscious of times and distance, you know. And, um, yeah. your competition so it started off with the love and then i got more competitive and to be fair my my running career as a schoolgirl was kind of limited to a couple of years because i got injured and then um i i basically i didn't run i injured my knee i tore a ligament in my knee yeah and um while i was having treatment and stuff i hit puberty because while i was training i was my i I hit my peak at 15 Mm -hmm. and um as a female athlete i didn't um, I hadn't started my menstrual cycle, yeah. and I didn't until I was injured, um, not realizing that was an issue. Uh, it was just how it was. But it, um, so I didn't. So I was nearly seventeen yeah. when uh, when that kind of kicked in, and when I when I it took six months to get over my injury, mm-hmm. and when I went back, my coach he um, basically told me I was more of a shot this build, and <laughs> to maybe look at doing another event, which is nice. And wow. I kind of turned my back on athletics and running a few years and then came back to it properly probably about trying to think when i said i got back into parkrun and got back into it as an adult yeah in 2013 okay and and since then i haven't like i wouldn't necessarily call myself an athlete but i i try and train because it was ingrained in me when i was younger Mm. but now my head is very much caught up on times and paces and i want to be how i was 20 years ago Mm. and i really struggle with not being like that and I train very much all or nothing which is the perfectionism approach and yeah. that's what I kind of picked up when I was younger and also menstrually wise I've been all over the place and I now I, as I put well, I put on weight and parted a lot in my 20s and yeah. went back to running and stuff when I started training it my body just went back to oh I'm not gonna I well I say training to a high level it's not a high level but it's still the same intens- intensity yeah yeah, yeah. Um, because my brain won't function otherwise, mm. really, um, sadly. And so my body, like, I haven't now, I well, I haven't had a period properly for a good kind of 11 years. Yeah. And that's kind of linked to training,
0: mm.
1: really. And that's now being um, looked into and in, like, Red S, which is Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport. Yeah. Which, which affects men as well, um, testosterone levels, white. Mm-hmm. Um, quite prevalent in male cycling elite cycling yeah um, a lot of studies have been done but it's creeping into other even non-elite athletes now because people train a lot harder like you said and um and i'm still struggling to find that balance and i'm i'm 36 and i'm on hrt which yeah. is, you'd normally associate with a lady like a woman over over 50 yeah you but would. just to regulate my hormone mm. and work out why i uh, i'm not and, and essentially, I'm just a recreational athlete now. Yeah, I do it for fun, and I love it, and I still get that same buzz. But it's not healthy. It's very obsessive, and I'm I'm trying to get help for that still now.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's I think that's uh, uh, probably a, a fairly common story amongst you know. I think if you, if you probably look back, at a lot of the people you were training and competing with, um, I you know, I'd imagine a lot of those, and even now they have similar similar problems um for sure I mean you've got so you've actually got a very similar athletic background to me um so my main sport was athletics um I was a javelin thrower Uh, I went to English schools three times um when I was a kid and uh yeah it's like it's tough and I think because it is one of those sports where you do start it very young I started when I was about probably 12 um you know so and it's a sport that especially running and doing kind of the distances that you do in middle distance, starting so young and, and having that much of an impact on you growing up can be pretty detrimental. Um, especially when, you know, like you said, you go in with an elite mindset, you get good, um, and then you don't want to run slow anymore. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I, I, kind of got good by accident really, and I did it for the love of it, which I wish I could turn myself back to that, that that version of Hazel that, that just didn't run for the love of it. <laughs> yes. Early on, mm. but I wasn't healthy when I was running back then. I I didn't eat properly at all. My nutrition was off. I thought another thing I've got um, osteoporosis uh, yeah. now okay. as an adult yeah. because yeah. my nutrition was was shot while I was training. I wasn't mm-hmm. fueling as I should because it, nothing was. Twenty years ago, no one really cared about any of that. You just they just and I trained with all because there wasn't anyone my age and female. Oh, there was the. So I've trained with men um, and yeah. quite a little free. Because uh, my, I've had a fair few operations in my time now mm-hmm. as well, because I did too much road running too young because I overtrained and underfueled. So my body's now kind of paying for it. However, I can, I'm lucky, I can still run and I do, but I really need to still work on the healthy balance and the, and the fueling right because I still struggle with that because it you know it's, yeah. it's been ingrained into me for years.
0: Mm, no for sure and i think that's a like it's a really good example of of why you know why now i guess you need you're taking much better care and you're trying to take take better care now than you knew how to before. Um yeah
1: well um i'm seeing a, a sport specific endocrinologist. And yeah. to be honest i feel a bit like a fraud because I don't look like, I don't necessarily look like an athlete not that if you can run you're a runner I know I get that mm. but in in my head I don't look like a runner anymore I've I've gained weight which essentially is what if some people that are underweight they think that's what um yeah. you know, have your menstrual cycle but yeah. no because I've gained weight and I'm and I'm healthy in that sense you would my doctor wouldn't think I want I you know I should be like um, functioning as a female mm. but I'm not so um I've gone down the route of um Finding a sports endocrinologist yep. who is specific who I'm working with who get who is prescribed me the HRT specific to my issues yeah. and to look after my bone health as yeah. well. Yeah. Because it's not just about just not just about kind of my mental cycle, it's also to look after my bones properly mm. and not just a generic doctor that just oh this is what's wrong with you. We don't look at your age, your activity or anything else, we just prescribe you this and hurt yeah. anyone else. So um and I'm also in in july i'm speaking to a a proper dietitian because essentially my weight's restored if if anything it's slightly over what it should be and my head struggles with that Mm. but um i should be now functioning properly but i'm not so we need to look at my diet because i admit i still really struggle in that area yeah and it's not restricting now it's the opposite because restriction leads to binging and overindulgence yes so and I'm still kind of working on being less erratic in that and being more balanced, mm. but it's difficult. So I'm again going to seek the guidance of a proper dietitian to look at, to look at, um, where I'm going wrong and what I need to do to make me function properly. And in turn, hopefully I will feel better because so I spend a lot of time exhausted and, and fighting against that. Yeah, of course. It could be to do with my hormonal health. And I need to kind of get my ego out of the picture and listen to my body more which is quite hard um at times so i'm i'm trying to literally restore everything and just strip it back and go back to basic and essentially like i've said i'm a recreational athlete now it it shouldn't it shouldn't be like this i shouldn't you know and there are so many people out there with with the right on instagram with the rise of like the running community and stuff. it's a lot of comparison out there Instagram can make me, if I'm in a good mood, it's, it's great, and I look looking celebrate my success. Mm. Not if I, you know, I, don't like, I don't want to see my own stuff because it just makes me feel worse, and it shouldn't. And it's, we should, you know, you should celebrate what your body can do, not how far you know, and the rest of it, because we don't have that. That's what I feel like with. I ran with my so yeah (laughs) maybe i could have been and it's hard to accept that as well
0: sometimes yeah no i I do get that it's like you know once you've run at that level you always kind of think um what could have been kind of thing i guess if you did go more but then again you know what what would the cost on your body have been if you if you hadn't been injured perhaps and you'd carried on running at elite level for like another five years you know um yeah, they're definitely.
1: Yes, I, uh, I rose very, very quickly. Okay, it was sort of my detriment, but then mm. it might never have happened if it hadn't happened that way. So I'm very much trying not to dwell on the fact that, oh, well, what could have been? I'm like, well, I achieved that. How many people can say they represent the country? Before? And, you know, I got a medal for it. Yeah. In, especially in it's much as sometimes when you struggle, I am try and think a picture and help in general and and kind of let go of that the the kind of my subconscious dream that's still there. Yeah,
0: yeah, I do. I do think that's that's a big thing though for um you know for a lot of athletes. Just and yeah, even though you know you're doing a really good job of pushing it to the to the back of your mind, I think I think most elite athletes, even if they get to like the highest level, will always kind of you know wanted to push that a little bit harder um but i think one of the main things is that that mentality is now kind of being dragged across into kind of recreational athletes and people that are just training for you know for fitness and health um and i'm not necessarily sure that's a good thing
1: no me uh, me neither it worries me quite a lot actually i have to say and um i'm I'm very open and honest about my struggles um and what i'm trying to kind of go through in the health that you know being honest and opening up might help other people. Yeah. Um, however, there's there's so many people that you kind of, you can notice certain behaviours in other people that essentially are just doing it for fun. Um, but you know it's not healthy because it's the obsessive training or the overtraining and the under fueling or being hung up on their weight and just doing it for fun. <laughs> um, is it really fun anymore? Um, you know, it's <laughs> a, I don't think there's enough awareness of that I and mean, the actual damage you can be doing to the body. It's starting to come through, but it, there's not enough, enough there. No. And, the, it and um, it's like it's kind of acceptable for females not to menstruate at all. They kind of just accept it or to go through parts of their losing their period and mm-hmm. then regaining it when when they're off season, which is, good. and luckily, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Train trade. Right? Um,
0: yeah, um, I think, um, I think you sent that to me on, on Instagram. I think I had a yeah. look at that.
1: Yeah, that's who I'm kind of working with. Um, the, the nutritionist, uh, um, and they're, they're starting to really raise awareness and get their name out there mm-hmm. um, to, to just, to, to, athletes but there's a lot of information they've got a website and a lot of information um, for everyone whether you whether you compete or whether you know mm-hmm. you're getting obsessive over it then they've got the partners that will tell you whether or not you need to seek help and also what to kind of go to your GP with yeah because GPs obviously they, and they're not going to know the specifics but there's and, and they can point the door, um, GP in the direction of the website, which is what I did, and that's how i managed. Um, and I haven't had to pay crazy money.
0: Yeah.
1: This website is Train Brave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, there's, um, the endocrinologist and the dietitian I've been working with have set up um, an organisation um, for non not for profit called Train Brave, um, and they've got a website. or the definitions of relative energy deficiency in sport, and yeah. where to get help, and also somewhere that you can direct your GP to if you if you feel like you have some issues goes to the website, they've got kind of all the markers that you need to and the, the red flags that um, if you say kind of, yeah, that's me, I've got a bit of a problem, you can take to your GP and you can show them and it will direct them where to where to kind of direct, well, what, which blood tests and things to, to prove whether or not you've got this or just to test whether or not you have got, um, got the red S or whether you um, need help in other areas and to direct kind of where in your local area. Yeah.
0: need to need to be seen oh great okay and what and what's their website i don't know um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um it's there's a link from the um train brave it's on instagram it's okay. Train,
0: train under. okay so train okay. train underscore brave
1: yeah perfect at training and um, underscore brave and then it um I can't remember what the actual website's for. No, no something to do with sport because it's, it's all sports specific. Yeah. People that um, are running it as a sports dietitian and and a sports endocrinologist. Yeah. Um, and there's an athlete, Tom Fairbrother, who struggled with anorexia and bulimia, I believe. Um, and he's kind of found they've they've kind of founded it. Okay. And they're very much championing and trying to raise awareness. And they also they um, they hold kind of seminars. Um throughout the country and yeah. um, that you can come onto for free to um, kind of share their message and there are some elite athletes that come along and talk about their issues and how they've they're dealing with things oh great um, yeah they have athlete stories at each one because I went I was lucky to go to one in Cambridge and that's how this all kind of came about and I managed sure. to get the help so uh, Ooh, great
0: so you definitely recommend it to, to people that are you know maybe maybe struggling or might want to know if they're they have got a problem or not?
1: Yeah, definitely, yes. And male and female. I like. Obviously, I'm talking about menstrual cycle and things, but it's a massive issue within males with them testosterone levels that kind of gets underlooked And essentially, like overtraining and underfueling, and yeah. constantly getting tired and fighting against it. Um, men men can be at risk of osteoporosis and, and stress because it's a big indicator of stress fractures mm, or yeah. like overuse injuries and things. And that's the uh, kind of the biggest risk that you face. And if if it's kind of overtraining is so detrimental because you'll end up injuring yourself and getting a stress fracture and then being out for months. Yeah. And it's kind of big, but your head. Sometimes people are that obsessive that they can't think about that. They just ignore niggles and things. And if they're not fueling properly and they haven't got enough of the right energy kind of sources and protein and carbs and and, and fats and stuff going in, then they're at risk of a whole kind of
0: yeah, like a whole um a whole myriad of other problems really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Okay. So, um, just to to touch on what you said there again, for people that are, for people that are listening. So, um, I'm sure you've heard this Hazel, it's called the, like the female athlete triad. Um, mm-hmm. yeah so essentially um, you know it's quite well documented there are a lot of studies on it um, and things like that so it's a it's basically uh, amenorrhea which is the cessation of periods um, osteoporosis and then disorder of eating now that's yeah. something that um, as far as I'm aware and as far as I've seen on the studies um, disproportionately obviously affect women uh, which is why a lot of the um, the studies have been done uh, into that, you know, specifically on amenorrhea, osteoporosis, and disordered eating, perhaps rather than than other male issues. And yeah. yeah, it's a it's a real thing, and they're they're looking at um you know high intensity training, especially having some detrimental hormonal effects. So if anyone listening does want to know more about that, then just Google uh, the athlete triad, female athlete triad, um, and you'll be able to find yeah. out more on that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean,
1: Because yeah, I've, I've been advised now trying to get my body back to back to kind of, um, functioning properly to just do low intensity training, which my head doesn't want to do, but while I, while I look at everything else, my body like spikes, spiking my heart rate and training is, it's, it's going to be detrimental in the long run. And it's kind of, we need to think about actually in the short term, looking for ourselves to kind of guarantee our long term health, um. And as much as I find it difficult, it's because of my brain just wants to think in the short term and the gains and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Actually, it's the big picture and the long-term health. So if I need to train at low intensity for the next six months to a year, then at least I should, I should feel lucky that I can do anything. Because um, I don't recommend just completely stopping exercise and doing it that way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nurturing your body and yes, keeping it moving and keeping it work- like functioning like all around, really, to get your health back.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, and that and that's that's the most important thing, you know. I, in my, I mean, this is my opinion, but I don't think, and from my experiences as well, um, as like an athlete and a coach, I don't think blasting yourself in the gym five times a week is necessarily as good for you in the long run as kind of more gentle, like steady state kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of studies are, are proving that. I mean, I know interval training is a big thing, um, and that started with uh, that kind of like Tabata protocol that you might have heard of so basically like yeah 20 20 seconds on 10 seconds off i think on the bike for um for like eight rounds or something like that and it's you yeah, know yeah. and, and that, that got popularized and that got dragged into kind of mainstream classes and stuff like that but what what a lot of them don't kind of tell you is that that study that proved the like effectiveness of the anaerobic and aerobic like improvement was done on a group of olympic level athletes like you know a a lot of whom couldn't manage it because it was too intense and had to drop out so it's you know it's one of those things where it gets popularized and, and you feel good after you've done some hit stuff um you know but if i think i think there's a lot to be said for for not doing too much of it and not working yourself into the ground um and like i think it'd be really interesting to get from your point of view um like the feelings so if i was training a lot like maybe five six times a week doing something quite high intensity uh, be it running sprinting uh crossfit lifting whatever what would you say are the main kind of warning signs like mentally as well as physically
1: mentally uh, physically you're just exhausted you're constantly you're constantly lethargic
0: yeah
1: doms are great after a heavy session but not every day to the point where you're forcing yourself when it's borderline injury, but your brain can't, you can't, you start yeah. basically the thought of missing a session yeah. and having a rest day yeah. because you know deep down your body needs it, mm. you tend to panic and you're like, no, I've, I can't have a rest day, yeah. I, I've got to train, it's down in my training plan and it's it's kind of adaptability is what you need to, you need to start, people need to start learning, listening to their body and tuning in with their body. Yeah. Um, and actually, trust, trusting their body, I think, is kind of maybe a bigger part because the brain is a crazy thing, and it can literally overrule everything and make uh, to, a neg- to, to your detriment. Because you can have a training plan, say five times a week, and you've got like three intense sessions and two kind of I don't know, like steady state cardio or something, and you can like. It's quality, not quantity. If you can't give your all to the intense sessions, you're doing too many. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and it's it's far better to do one really intense and feel amazing because you know you've given it your all and and kind of rein it in for for the other sessions than it is to um try and try and kind of play catch up the whole time and be tired and constantly withdrawn and also not be able to think about anything else. Like at the back of what first thing you think of when you wake up.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think that's huge. I think that's that. That's a massive thing. Um, like you said, the, the, be it the first thing you're thinking about when you when you wake up. Um, or even, you know, when you miss a session, getting angry, getting upset, getting like frustrated, at people around you, like your family and your kids or whatever, yeah, like, out
1: on everyone. Yeah, yeah,
0: it happens. Um, and I think that's really dangerous. Like if you can't, if you're, especially if you're like a recreational athlete, let's say you're someone, you know, you've got, you've got a family and you go, you go to the gym, like, or you run three, four, five times a week, you're really into it. But the thought of missing a session gives you like anxiety. Uh, it's, you know, from my experience, it's not a good place to be.
1: Not not at all. And and also like foregoing social events, foregoing and kind of withdrawing and isolating yourself because you go you can't go away for the weekend with your friends because you won't be able to exercise, you won't be able to go for a run, you won't be able to do a gym session. And you miss out on your life. Your social life has such a mass, has such a massive impact on your mental health. And if you're sacrificing spending time with your friend your loved ones, your friends, your family. For the sake of the fact, you can't miss a couple like two days, Saturday, Sunday of exercising. Then, regardless of what you've done in the week, then you've you've got to seek help. You've got to realize that there is an issue there. Um, and also, like going on holiday and not being able and not thinking that exploring, going out and walking for miles on end in a city is enough exercise. <laughs> in your head, it's not training. And getting stressed on holiday about food, if you have food issues and things like that, then you've you've got to realize that there's an issue there and that no one can train like five times a week 52 weeks of the year no one can and elite athletes don't they they train in blocks and then they have specified rest rest times where they do literally rest and recover but recreational people don't seem to have that because oh we're not elite athletes so we don't have so just, people are just trying to burn well, just burning out by training literally every week and they can't miss it yeah and it's it's, it's hard to see and it's worrying as well that if you literally can't miss a week on holiday of doing your normal exercise, then you really need to kind of look into why that is and explore that and, uh, and, but yeah, and, and kind of get some, just get some help, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I definitely think it's worth, you know, if you get to that point, worth, getting assessed like you said because it's um I think what you've also got to prepare yourself for in in things like that is injuries Uh, and that's what I want to talk about briefly because injuries happen um you know people people think they don't and then eventually after they've been training a while and hard enough and heavy enough something goes snap or, or something breaks um and injuries happen and then I think like from my experience as well I had a pretty bad shoulder injury when I was when I was still throwing javelins um and I'd stop for a bit and to be honest like when you're, when you're that kind of engulfed in something, um, and then an injury takes it away, you can like, you can get pretty dark. Um, you know, you can get pretty down when, when that happens. And I think that's something that you need to like, people need to be able to safeguard themselves against. Um, yeah. That
1: reminds me of when I injured my knee, when I was at like the peak of my running career, yeah. I injured my knee and um, I fell off a bike and then ended up tearing a ligament. And it was in winter training and I'm having a great winter training. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm out six months. And that's when my food issues. I didn't realise they were quite that much of a problem until mm. I was injured, yeah. and that, and I, and I couldn't train. And then, yeah, and it just, I went, yeah, I went to a very dark place. I, I did kind of seek help, but not in the right way, I don't think. And yeah. it's kind of plagues me still now. And I, and I've been injured. I'm constantly injured because I still overtrain, even mm. <laughs> even now. Yeah, um, and I'm still working on that. And it, it and, it take, and when I'm injured and when I'm in pain. It's like it's kind of a switch goes on in my head that that's a bad thing and it and, they, and like, I can't exercise I can't do this I can't do that and and I really really struggle with that if I can't do what I want to do or what I've scheduled to do then it it can put me in a really bad place and I'm I'm working on that still now and I'm doing a lot better I actually find yoga being more present in myself yeah. Helps, me, helps ground me and compliments things and actually safeguards against injury to be fair I never used to think it was exercise until, <laughs> until I was later <laughs> in life yeah. and now I realise it's amazing because it makes you want to honour your body on that day and I'm very much trying to take that into my everyday life Yeah, honour how I feel today do you know what I plan to go for an hour's run but I'm not feeling it I'm not going to enjoy that hour because I'm going to be fighting my head the whole time so do you know what I'll, I won't, I'll miss it I'll skip it today if I feel like it tomorrow I'll do it, if not, I'll do something else, or just do something more enjoyable, Yeah, go for a walk instead, and I'm not training for anything, so, like, any specific event, so it's different if you are, but even then, if you're not feeling it, it's not going to be a good session, because your head's not in it, because it is, a lot of the time, it is mind over matter, but as long as your mind's healthy, then it's okay, if it's not, then you'll break yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. So I guess the message there is: if you want to skip it, uh, see your mates, stay home with the kids, whatever, and don't don't thrash yourself over it.
1: Yeah, basically, just accept it. Do you know what? Today it's not going to happen. That's fine. It's not going to make any difference in the long term. Yeah. Missing one day, just don't don't be like me and be the all or nothing, and let <laughs> that spiral. And you, all of a sudden, you missed a week because you miss one session. But just just accept it for what it is. Move on.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a really good message for sure. Um, kind of takes me on to my next question, really. And it's it's kind of, it's related to people training hard and things like that. Um, in your opinion, is like is striving for peak performance healthy?
1: In my personal opinion, no, actually. I was the most successful when I wasn't striving to be the most successful. I was the most successful because I loved what I did. And I trained because for the joy of it and... Just absolutely loved it. As soon as I tried, to, as soon as I came back as an adult and started running with my head on my times from when I was a schoolgirl, I would break myself because I couldn't miss a session. I wasn't hitting paces, and it would be complete to the detriment of anything I was doing because I was still hung up on having to hit paces and having to having to do and um, do things in a certain way, and I just lost the love of it. Yeah. Um, basically.
0: Yeah. And it's not, it's not good. I think as a, as an elite athlete anyway, or or someone that's training to that level, if you're training for kind of, you know, training hard, training for hardcore fitness kind of stuff, um, you're always only going to be like a couple of, I don't know, like a couple of days away from, from going over that and into sickness of some sort, um, you know and that and that's a real thing like kind of the health fitness continuum kind of thing where you start out and you're just trying to get healthy you get healthy you get fit and then you try and get extra fit and then just that little bit too much can cause you to get quite sick really
1: yeah, yeah def- definitely um i actually think like success can be um can be detrimental in that sense um and people forget why they started and I think people need to hold on. And I and I put my hands up. I'm really trying to do this. I'm I'm trying to run for experiences and not times now. Yeah. I struggle with that, mm. but I really think I run for fun.
0: Yeah, and that and that's important. You know, like yeah, running for fun, enjoying definitely.
1: it. And, and and the same with elite athletes. I think if they stop enjoying it, I know. Okay, it's their job. They get paid, whatever. But if they stop enjoying it. And literally, it's like, well, it's a bit like you're stuck in a dead end job you absolutely hate. Yeah. What do you do if you can You get another one. Um, why can't they go down a different route? You know, it's kind of you've got to remember why you do it. If you still have that passion and you, that love for it, brilliant. You'll do it to the best of your ability. But you'll also look after yourself so you can. Mm. If you end up starting to, to resent it and um, actually, I'm not enjoying it anymore, you'll break yourself. And people that do it recreationally as well—that you've got—it's got to be fun. What otherwise, why are you doing it? Like, what for? Oh, for a pretty Instagram post. Oh, look at me. Um, <laughs> yeah. you no, know? because what's behind that smile? Misery and mm. probably injury, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think, um, and like, I'd I I really just using CrossFit as an example because I know you've done it. um, I've been involved in it a lot, and like I'm not I'm not against CrossFit um, in in its entirety. Uh, You know, I've been at boxes for for years. I did my first CrossFit session like 2011. Uh, My uncle owns a box. Like I'm not against it, but um, I think in certain aspects, when people are pushing very hard and i use crossfit as an example because of a kind of leaderboard type thing um and any kind of competition where where people are pushing really hard or people are trying to get that rx in crossfit specifically um or you know trying to get a national qualifying time in athletics or something like that um you know it is about that it's not about like can i do this comfortably it's like right i'm going to do this or i'm going to break myself trying um and i think you know personally i think that attitude is is really dangerous for for anyone uh, let alone just kind of like you know standard uh, exercise people
1: yeah. definitely and i and i yeah i did CrossFit i loved it until i didn't kind of thing and it was very much i i at first i embraced it i loved the community and i loved going along and just pushing myself and literally nothing Makes me as exhausted as a wad, Uh even now gets my heart rate up and makes me so pumping from doing doing a wad. And but as soon as I was feeling a bit rubbish and about myself or whatever, I couldn't go because I wouldn't be able to hit hit what you know, wouldn't be able to lift the same as I'd done before, and I wouldn't be able to do this. And all of a sudden, it became a big comparison because of that leaderboard, because of that competitive nature, and yeah, oh, you're only competing against yourself, well, to a point. <laughs> oh, if you're not thinking the same as Other people that you know you can like lift heavier or whatever, it doesn't really motivate you, and and then you end up kind of resenting it and hating it. And I used to turn it in on myself, and so I stopped going. Mm. And and so I'm kind of quite glad. But I was one of my like my fittest when I was enjoying it, and it's a lot. It kind of when I took a step back, I looked like yeah. With every exercise and, and sport and activity I've ever done, when I was enjoying it, I was the fittest and I was the healthiest I've been. When I started, my brain kind of kicked him and I started comparing myself or trying to push myself too hard. I <laughs> said, stop enjoying it and I don't want to go and I don't want to do it anymore. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. You've just kind of got to honor your the enjoyment factor, not necessarily the achievement factor, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's really important. Yeah. No, it is definitely. And like I think, um, and yeah, like I said, the the reason I mentioned CrossFit is one, the leaderboard, uh, but also I think it's something where you said, like, you know, the community is really active and that's a great thing. It's putting really good like training methods in front of people, you know, getting barbells in people's hands, making people do strength stuff that haven't necessarily done strength stuff before. But I also think it's one of the most prevalent examples of people getting very, very depressed when they have to stop or, or when they, they miss a session and they can't be there and they get angry and they get frustrated with people around them like we touched on earlier. Um, in my experience, it's, it, that is very prevalent within CrossFit because of perhaps the community and how fun it can be and how addictive it is, which isn't necessarily a bad thing on CrossFit's part. I just think it's something with how prevalent it is now that people have to be aware of it. Uh, and the same with weightlifting. I've seen it in that as well um, and other sports. I just think CrossFit is a very prevalent example at the moment.
1: I, I agree, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's and I find I also I think with part of it as well is the kind of the fear of missing out as well. People get um, they miss a session, but then they see what the session was because people share it or whatever online. Oh no, and then they gutted or you know what I mean? And yeah. and there's kind of oh I could have hit that and I've oh, done a good session I've missed it and you kind of get the negative side rather than why well, did like look at why you missed it. Sh- you missed session because I was tired or whatever and I didn't. Yeah. Not looking yeah, not kind of comparing yourself or, or resenting the fact and being miserable and kind of blaming other people, you know? Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. So that kind of really well brings me on to my my next question. Um which is really kind of what what would your advice be for someone to, you know, either do CrossFit or do running or any other sport or any other kind of activity, but do it so they can stay physically but also probably more importantly, maybe mentally healthy? Like what would your tips be if you like
1: my tips would be to, well i keep talking about honoring your body but um listening well yeah listen listening to how your body feels and again doing things because you enjoy them and they're fun not because you feel you have to or you feel that everyone else is doing it so i should get uh, take running for example you and the running community community like people that share things online and stuff and you've got like runners that are doing like an tool session a long run um, easy runs and then they're doing strength and conditioning and doing this and they're, do- and they're seemingly doing loads of different things don't don't look at them do what if you enjoy running go and run and just enjoy it and do it because that's healthy and you're looking after yourself you're yeah. not pushing yourself or comparing yourself to anyone else um, if you need a bit more motivation join a running club you know um with other people that and have a you know, or run with a friend, and just keep it social. Don't kind of get so hung up on on your activity that you end up isolating yourself, mm. um, and just kind of uh, or getting too competitive with either yourself or others. Kind of, I think just just kind of share share your share your passion, but in the right way, and I can't think. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know. I think it's just, again like just doing things for the fun of it and the enjoyment, not feeling like it's what you have to or what everyone else is doing it. If you find something you love, brilliant, but do it in the right way. Don't think, oh, I love running, I'm going to run every day. Just be realistic about your kind of your goals and why you're doing it. And if it's to be fit and healthy, brilliant. Um, it complements your life, but don't let it take over.
0: Yeah no i think that's really important um for sure it's yeah enjoying it but not having it become the the one and only thing that that you are because i think a lot of you know a lot of people um identify with the, either their sports or like you know what what they've done or them going to the gym as an athlete and then like i said before and like we touched on earlier when that gets taken away that can be hard um yeah do you know what yeah do
1: you know what and it's not and also from, I, I find very much it's not necessarily myself me comparing myself to how i used to be but i still kind of other other people that are from like my um from those years that i'm still in contact with they kind of it's hazel a runner it's just well can i just be hazel who mm. runs yeah no like i'm not i yeah I, I am a runner i run but i'm not the runner i was I'm, yeah I, I am me i am yeah. Hazel and i i'm trying to embrace doing it for enjoyment and not being my identity, because there's so much more to life than than just, and even elite athletes, they have more to life than just their job. They have families, they have partners, they have you know. Yeah. It's not just. Well, that's all what people see, so that's all you know, and that pressure, and they hopefully can can deal with that and have that kind of their own life too. Yeah. And it's nice they can keep it private, but I think you need to make sure that yeah, like you say, you don't become labelled as that, and or or just identified just as your sport or even mm. even if it's just a gym girl you know I lift weights brilliant but yeah but there's so much more to, to you so to concentrate on that don't yeah don't lose your identity
0: yeah and that I guess that in turn will you know keep you one healthy um, but also stave off those kind of almost negative feelings when you're maybe approaching the the like line of sickness so like i said you know like you said earlier um either getting angry at yourself and missing sessions or doing a session and feeling really upset with your performance and things like that um i think you know like you said doing it for enjoyment and and realizing there are other things helps to stave that off yeah
1: definitely realizing there there is more to life yeah sport and exercise and training is amazing but there's a lot more to life than just that
0: yeah, that is perhaps a very good point to end on, Hazel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, no, that, that was really great. I really appreciate that. Um, I think we'll just do a quick uh, shout out of that those resources you mentioned. So um, can you just run over those again for me? So, the Instagram account. Um... Yeah, the Instagram account
1: is um, train underscore brave. Yeah. And they have a link to a website, which is something to do with sports performance. I can't remember, but it's basically, um, it it outlines um, RED-S, which is Relative relative Energy Deficiency in Sport, um, which is like the female triad. It's like lack of menstruation. It's osteoporosis. And um, what's the other one? My brain's gone.
0: Um, Yeah, so uh, the, yeah, the athlete.
1: Sorry, and it's um and it's been set up basically by um a sports endocrinologist with and also a sports dietitian yeah. who and it's got basically all the information about what it is whether you're at risk um you'll be able to kind of go on there and think hm, actually maybe i do have a problem and um and it, it links you to resources and the help that's available and also it's a resource that you can share with your gp so it gives them more knowledge um so your doctor um because they're obviously just general practitioners and they don't have these specific, um, this specific literature that's often needed, and um, it will point them in the right direction for uh, where they need to be, where you need to be referred, what blood tests you need to do to, to check whether your hormone levels um, are a bit out of sync, or you need a bit more help in that area, and also um, it's got links to some different kinds of support and things should you need it, and it's also not just females, even though that was what been mentioned it's like to do with male yeah. males and, and
0: testosterone levels as well sure yeah and i think that's that's really important to to mention you know it's a great resource for both males and females um i think i think the reason probably a lot of the research and a lot of the publications that are out there at the moment are on females because of the whole lack of menstruation being a big factor um and being something it's a key, it's that, like key it's yeah a key
1: marker that people can pinpoint and say right well i haven't got this so there must be a problem in men
0: it's not yeah it may it may not be that that obvious in a lot of things um with yeah, with guys
1: um, the sim- the sim- the similar symptoms with the, like extra fatigue and you know weakness and things like that and across the board it's just the, that obviously the um your anatomy is different it's but the the, um, the actual condition is still the same yeah and the effect it has on the body and bone health and things as well is exactly the same and it's just dangerous
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, I think that's really important. And it's been, yeah, it's been really good to, to talk to you. Um, I hope people do check those resources out um, and, and have a look. You know, it's it can't, it can't hurt just having a look at those and, and getting to grips with, uh, you know, with the symptoms and with the markers, because I think it's something that is creeping up on uh, on more and more people. Uh, that don't particularly have the awareness to you know to understand like what these feelings are or like I'm just tired. so yeah, I think I think that's really important. you mentioned those.
1: Yeah, definitely. and the more and also the more people the more knowledge people have, whether or not it, it affects them, the more and the more awareness can be raised, then hopefully the lesser a problem long term and and for for younger athletes there will be in the future because I do worry about people like athletes, English schools, athletes like we were, yeah. I do worry about them in the future if, if the um, this isn't addressed now, to be honest.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. No, totally. Um, well, Hazel, thank you very much again for, for joining me. That's great. Um, yeah, so it's been a
1: pleasure yeah. to talk about it.
0: Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And it is very de- um, a very important issue, um, for sure. So yeah, thanks a lot.